It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday uh may 16th and you're listening to episode 520 as always i am your host jason here today with a special guest to do a little bit of a different kind of episode uh with us today we have firestream the creator of farm rpg uh and other games programmer designer creator all these things welcome how you doing Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, really appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on and to chat. Um, I uh, I have been playing what I thought was going to be just a little time killer RPG uh, on my phone. I actually, it's funny because so your your game Farm RPG is available on uh, Android, iPhone, and online, um, which is the best place to play it. Like I love playing it on my browser. Um, uh, which I didn't even know was a thing. I was playing it for like a month on my phone before I was going to get a new phone and I was afraid I would lose the game. Uh, so I like figured out all the login stuff and somebody's like, you can just log in on your computer. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really made it a point to try to make these uh, these games cross-platform like that. Because uh, like you said, I mean, people want to be able to play it on any device they've got. So right, right. I was able to do that. Yeah, and I mean, um, and it's funny because there are some pieces of the game that play, I think, better in each place. Like things like, and we'll talk more about this as we talk, like fishing plays really well on my phone, uh, whereas doing lots of other things I feel like is better on my browser. So (laughs) I love that. uh, I love to be like, okay, well, I got to go fish for a while. I'm going to use my phone for that because it's just I'm just better at tapping on that than I am. Uh, and I'm sure there are people who would disagree with that, who are better at it in their browser than they are in their phone. Yeah, that's true. Um, there, are, I think most people would say phishing is easier on your phone. Um, there's definitely a lot of people who do prefer it on the desktop side. And it was really rough last year, and it got a little better on PC as time went on. But for the most part, I tried to design the game sort of as a mobile first and then the desktop second uh, type UI. And so there's some there's some rough edges on desktop, especially um, that I'm hoping to smooth out this year, make it a little bit of a better experience. Yeah, that's very cool. That's very cool. It's interesting to hear that. What are your, with your users, do you, does mobile draw in more users? I assume just because of the thing, you know, the support with things like the app store and stuff like that, getting your, you know, getting the word out. Yeah. So mobile is around 90%. Um, wow. Of okay. The, of the players. So they're the app stores, uh, Apple and Android, they definitely drive um, players to the game. I don't know why, but I think May is a, a weird month with everyone being busy because May's numbers have been down as far as registrations per day. Um, hmm. But in, in general, iOS and Android um, send generally 300 or 400 people a day to the game. And then, as you said, a lot of people don't realize you can play on desktop. And so, they find that out and, and they end up playing on both in most cases. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I go on and look anytime at the active numbers, uh, it's, you know, it's like 70% of the people online are playing on their iPhone and then right. the other 20% are on Android phones. And then the last 10% is desktop or tablets. Interesting. Interesting. And you actually just passed, um, you were pushing for the birthday for the one year anniversary. Uh, you just passed 150,000 uh, players. 
Yeah, that's right. And in fact, today, the day of this recording is actually our official first birthday of the game. Oh, um, awesome. Awesome. I, I yeah. Launched I, it. Go ahead. I would say, I guess I should have known that because I was, uh, I was playing this morning and I saw the birthday event. I was thinking it was over the, I wasn't thinking it was actually today. I was thinking it was a couple days. So yeah, that's great. Right. Yeah. I kicked it off last night late uh, to sort of see what would happen with uh, the whole hot potato thing, which we can, we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> and it, and it was a little slow going overnight, which was, um, which was actually my hope. I wanted to make sure things were kind of uh, growing the way I want them to. And, uh, and then, yeah, but this morning, I posted, you know, today's the official birthday and there's a, there's a birthday present in the uh, community center and the whole event going on. And I think everybody's having a good time right now. There's just an absolute ton of people playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping to see record numbers come out for the event. The last event we did, uh, which was the, the egg hunt uh, type event last month uh, was record numbers too. So most wow. of the time these events are bringing more and more people um, back. But with uh, with the milestone of one hundred and fifty thousand, yeah, I was shooting for that, and and we made it within I think two days of the birthday. So to have one hundred and fifty thousand register uh, over the first year of the game is is pretty great. It's a little more than I expected. I actually <laughs> expected about twenty five thousand in the first oh, year. Oh wow! So, so a little a little more than you expected. Yeah, a little more for sure. Oh. Um, yeah, but it, it's exciting to have it all happen at once. And then yeah. at the same time, we we also dropped the uh, the official world map uh, with the world of the game and the, the town name, and so there's lots going on this week. It's just a it's a wild cool. and crazy time. Um. Well, I would love to. Um. So, so I I could ask you a million questions, like super detailed about the game, because like I said, I've been playing it for a few months. I think it started in February. Um. But um. For for those for the people who haven't uh who haven't played it. Uh, can you just give us kind of a quick overview of like, you know, of what the game is and, you know, kind of the high points of, of how it works. And then we'll, we'll kind of delve into your history and the history of the game. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. So farm RPG is a, I want to say text-based, but it's really more of a menu based game uh, where you, you start a farm uh, and there are, there is art for the items in the game, but you start this farm and you can uh, plant crops. And as you expect, your crops grow over time. And then you can go around and do different activities in the game. Uh, and they're, they're mostly menus. So there's not a lot of, you know, fancy graphics or anything, but there's a lot of interaction with um, each piece of the game. So the mm-hmm. four main pieces are the farming side of it. And then we've got fishing, crafting, and exploring. And each of those is essentially sort of a mini game um, in itself. Uh, so with fishing, you go into a fishing you know location and the fish pop up and you tap their shadow and then you hit a little bar that's moving to catch the fish. Um, it's a fairly active play, so there's not a lot of idle aspects to the fishing portion. Um, but the farming side is probably more idle because you, you start out with really fast growing crops that you have to be active on. Uh, but as you keep playing, you'll unlock uh, slower crops that allow you to have more of an idle play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you go in and you might be planting cotton uh, down the road and you have to wait uh, seven or eight hours. Um, and then crafting is pretty straightforward. It's just sort of taking components that have recipes. And as long as you have the right components, you can craft uh, one or more of the item. Um, and that has evolved a lot over the course of the game. 
Um, but it's I think it's in a really good spot now. And then exploring is essentially kind of a tapper type game, uh, clicker, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. so you can go into these different exploration locations and you just tap and you tap and you get some dialogue or you get an item and then you can uh, unlock ways to make your tapping more efficient so that you can explore, I want to say faster, but it, it just basically reduces the number of taps or clicks that you have uh, to, to get the items you're looking for. And exploring is basically like a dice roll. Um, and there's there's different rarities for the items that you can get, and there's different locations that you can get them in. And everything in the game um, kind of ties into the other pieces of the game. So that was something I, I did on purpose. And, you know, we can, we can talk about that design in more depth, but I felt like, you know, everything needs to affect something else. And so there's a lot of uh, connections between things that you're farming or things that you're exploring and all those things tie into things that you're crafting. And what really brings it all together is the help request system, uh, which is sort of the world building side of the game where we've got townsfolk that will ask you for things and tell a story. Uh, and there's a lot of character development behind each of those, those people. They're NPCs, you know, they live in the town, uh, which the town is officially called Redbrook. That was unveiled this morning. Uh, and so they live in this town and they're asking you for crazy things. And, you know, you're learning more about who they are and, and the world around the game as you go. Um, and that's been a lot of fun, a lot of work to put together over the last year, but it, I'm really excited for where we go from here. Cause I think the last year has been sort of a foundation for um, lots of things and uh, places to go explore and unlock and items to find as we go. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the elevator pitch is what I should have said with basically it's just a simple game where you're farming things, uh, you're fishing, you're exploring, you're crafting and you're, you're um, optionally, you can do this with other people because there's a community in the game as well. So yes, yes. Yeah. People trading, people giving out stuff for free. You can invite your friends on to play and, you know, work together with them uh, and on and on and on. So on the surface, it's fairly simple. And as you start to play more, it'll kind of open up and you'll realize there's a lot of depth uh, behind everything that's going on. Yeah, and that's that is that's a really good point because when I started playing the game, I mentioned this to you um, before we were recording that I, I really expected this to be like a game I played for a month or two and then kind of fizzled out on, um, and it's become something where like I contribute to a Patreon because I believe in the game and like you know I mean that sort of stuff that happens when you create a community and when you create a game where people want to keep coming back, right? Um, and, and we should mention that everything about the game is free to play. Um, you can um, you can buy gold, uh, which lets you unlock some extra things. None of those things um, make you like, I mean, because there's really no winning the game. Right. Um, you know, I mean, like, obviously you are. Um, yeah, you're just, you know, you're uh, you're continuing and. Uh, you level up to a certain point and then, you know, you're kind of done with that, but you're adding in more and more end game features that are keeping it going. Um, yes, that's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even mention that as far as the competitive side of the game. So th- there's not really a built in uh, competitive scene. I-, I chose on purpose to not have leaderboards or to make it very easy for you to see how someone else is doing in compared, you know, to your own progress. 
course you can, you can go look at their profile and you can see, oh yeah, they've maxed all their skills or they're, you know, they've got all the, the super rare items found, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, but really, like you said, there's nothing to win. It's the journey from rags to riches. You know, you don't yeah, have anything yep. when you start, you don't have any resources and you're building this farm and you're, you're trying to figure out all the ways that you can profit to complete, you know, c- to continue adding to your farm and explore the world around it all. Uh, and that progression, yeah, the progression is something I, I work on constantly, right? And there's always things coming. Um, so the finish line is essentially moving, you know, always. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, I think, a good thing, right? Because I really want the longevity here. I want a player to be able to jump on. And if they really like what they're doing, I want them to be able to play it for years. I mean, I don't yeah. want them to get yep. tired of it after a few weeks and leave, which happens all the time. But, you know, you, you got mm-hmm. your hardcore group that will play as long as there's something to do. And that's my goal, you know, make sure there's something to do. Yeah. And that's, you know, so that's something normally we talk about board games and RPGs here, and this is a little different. Um, I mean, obviously it's an RPG. It's just that it's a video game, but um, one of the things that, um, that I find really interesting about it is that you, you know, like when I create a board game and get a board game published, somebody buys that board game and the transaction is over with, right? I mean, they, they're going to play the game. Hopefully, hopefully they play it a lot. Hopefully they really like playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they like playing it enough that we're able to make an expansion or two. And, and certainly there have been some games where we've seen those board games go on forever, where there just keeps being more and more expansions, even, even games that aren't, you know, there's games like Settlers of Catan or Ticket to Ride, things like mm-hmm. that, where it's just constantly, um, you're seeing more and more, you know, pieces coming out to that. But like even smaller games, like uh, you may not be familiar with this, I don't know, but a lot of fans of the show are, which is um, we have like things like the tiny epic games, um, which, you know, there's gosh, there's probably like 20 of those things at this point. And I mean, it's, you know, it's this series that's just picked up and and went on forever, but that's not most games. Right. Right. Um, And and you have this unique thing here where you you have to um, you have to keep providing more you know i mean when somebody says hey i bought this 50 dollars board game i've played it a bunch of times i wish there was more um yeah maybe maybe there'll be more maybe not i mean there's nothing you know what i mean like um but you are kind of if you want people to keep playing and to keep you know helping to fund the game and fund your work in the game obviously um you have to have more content and that um I, I think that you see where you see a lot of games falter um, uh, is that there's no planning for that in the beginning, right? There's no planning for like, what is this game going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're forced to keep adding things. Um, I know there are a ton of games that I've played where like you level up your hero, you fight these bad guys, you do this thing and they just keep adding more and more and more stuff to it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes untenable. And it just is like, unless you're super into it, it's just not worth playing. Right. Right. Um, and two things that I feel like set your game apart are you can really just participate in whatever you want to. You don't have to do all the stuff. Right. Um, and two, um, the community that's grown around the game makes it so easy for you to know exactly what you need to do. You know, I mean, you've got libraries that I believe many of our, which are user created. Um, yeah. Staff. Yeah. The staff make, 
99% of the pages in there. Yeah. And those are fantastic. Like as a new player, when somebody can be like, I'm poor, I don't know what to do. And somebody's yeah. like, here's a link to the sawmill silver thing. Right. Do these steps and you'll have money. Um, yeah. And that, that's been a big part of it too. The uh, going into the help chat or going into the library. Uh, most people really enjoy helping others get started and kind of know what to do. Uh, right. And, you know, that's a, that's a challenge for me, right? Cause I have to think about how do I make the player know what they should be thinking about or doing. And there are certain places in the game that sort of try to guide you. Uh, but really in the end, it's kind of left up to the community to help drive that. So if you've got a player who joins the game and is not social at all, uh, they don't use the chat or then they have more of a challenge to get down the road correctly. Um, yeah. Yep. So, but there's not a whole lot I can do about that unless I just fill the game with tutorials and tips. And and that's something I'm trying to uh, be kind of carefully balanced with, right? Like I don't want the game to hold your hand too much. I don't want the game to be too mazy when it comes to settings and pages and stuff, but it's, it's an, it's an everyday challenge to get that right. And so I play from the beginning a lot. I'll start a new account uh, and, you know, play for a month with this new account and just sort of see oh, how really? things flow. Wow. That's crazy. I would have never occurred to me that you would be testing in that way. That's fantastic. Oh yeah. I, I test all the time. I actually have, um, so the, the, the rules of the game state, you're not supposed to have more than one account, right? So most right, people yeah, you can, you, you made the rules. So yeah. as the developer, you know, <laughs> I, I can do that. So I make an account and then when I'm done with it, I'll remove it. And so I've got a, a number of test accounts that float and I've got accounts at the top. My main account is I played legit and I've got, you know, all my skills maxed and I'm, I'm at the, I'm at the tower and I'm working my way through it. And then I have another account that's in the middle you know, around the 50 to 60 range. And so I will, I will spend time on it. And then I've got multiple accounts that are at the very beginning uh, where I'll jump on and I'll play, you know, a few weeks or a month. And I go between all of these to sort of try to gauge the state of the progression. Uh, because right. especially when I add something new, it can drastically affect the very beginning of the game or the middle of the game or even late game, depending mm -hmm. on what it was. And so it's such an ever evolving project and game that I have to do my own playtesting a lot, but then I also have um, staff that help and I've got a lot of, a ton of feedback. So I've got a lot of uh, avenues to know if, uh, if a gate is just too strong or if right. something is just too OP and we need to bring it down some, mm -hmm. et cetera. But yeah, it's a, it's a daily, it's a daily thing. I, I mean, I play every day. Um, in some shape or, or form or fashion, whether it's my main account or one of these little test accounts. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, obviously with, with board games, we do a lot of testing um, and a lot of developing and, you know, and, and, you know, you've got your staff that helps you and that's kind of like the developers we would work with on a game. But, um, but yeah, the idea that like you are going back to the beginning and doing it over and over again, I mean, Obviously, yes, we do that when playtesting a board game, but it didn't occur to me that that you would do that with this. And it's it's great that you do just because um, obviously the experience for a new player. I mean, thinking about games like WoW when I used to play that mm -hmm. and there were times in its history and, and that could be the case. Now, I, I gave it up a long time ago where 
being a new player was awful. Um, mm. And then they've, I know they've tried to reconcile that multiple times. And I think sometimes have been successful about it. And I don't know where it stands now, but it certainly does make a difference when, um, you know, with, with the creator, you know, in the, in the person in charge of, of running the game, mm -hmm. um, knowing that you are out there uh, testing your game daily in different ways, you know, not just looking at stats, but saying, wow, this is not fun doing this part. I should probably change this. Um, yeah. You have a very robust two alpha and beta system, um, right. which I find really intriguing. Um, I'm a beta tester um, by, cause I back the Patreon at a certain level, which allows me to have beta access to things. Um, and I'll say by the time stuff gets to beta, it feels really good. Um, I don't know what it looks like in alpha, but in beta, most of the time it feels pretty solid. So that's cool. Yes. Yeah, so alpha has uh, been a really, really good um, way for me to, to work on the game. So I actually built the game um, on a local standalone version. And then I will push those changes to the alpha version, which is sort of the test instance of the game. Mm -hmm. And like you said, people on, on Patreon uh, essentially subscribe to have access to that alpha level. Uh, and there's, I want to say there's a couple hundred people probably that are on the alpha server. And alpha is set up in a way to where you essentially have infinite silver and gold. And in most cases, you also have max levels just immediately. So you're kind of playing a god mode version of the game. Okay. And then... I stick the items, the key items that are needed to unlock certain places uh, in the flea market. So you join Alpha and you essentially have access to the entire game, um, which is, is good because I can have someone come in uh, or me and we can test something at a high level without having to, you know, spend three months getting there. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, because that, be, that would be really hard uh, to test otherwise. So Alpha lets me kind of float between the very beginning and the very end of the game. Uh, and then I've put stuff on alpha that's just been awful, you know, and, and alpha testers have said, this is, this is terrible. Let's, <laughs> I don't think you should, you know, make this live, which is, uh, you know, you can, you can feel hurt by that. But at the same time, it's also good to know that if I do something that's just, you know, no one likes that I'm, I'm saving myself a lot of heartache of putting it out on the live game. Right, right. I yeah, I mean, that. obviously, you don't have a bunch of people out there then being upset about it. You've just yeah. got your alpha testers who signed up for it, right? I mean, they signed up to help influence the game. Right. So they can't really gripe about, you know, <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so then, uh, like you said, a lot of things will then make their way into the beta. The beta tier runs in the live game. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. worked really well. I've been doing that for close to a year now. The Patreon didn't exist when we first started, but um, the the beta features, you know, they show up, but they're locked. And so, you know, you're a subscriber on Patreon at the beta level, then you have access to this new this new feature, this new item, whatever it is. Um, for example, right now we have the art gallery in beta, yep, yep. which is a, a pretty simple addition to the game. But it's, I think, people really like it. Yeah, uh, I found it cool. Yeah, do you and like it? Okay, yeah. Did, did I do. And so basically, that just allows you to earn different backgrounds and things for your game by trading um, components that I mean, not component. Yeah, like things that you right. you know you've you've found. You can trade those in, and um, and it's a thing you can do completely passively, right? Like yeah. I unlocked a couple that I thought were neat to switch between, but other than that, no rush. I'll just unlock them as I get to them. Yeah. Um, 
And for somebody who's a perfectionist and a, and a like completionist is the word I was looking for. That kind of stuff is really, really fun and interesting because they're going to work really hard to get to there. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I find interesting is, you know, so when I saw any game that I approach where it's like, um, Hey, you, um, you, uh, you can buy gold, right? You're always kind of like, what's that going to look like? Right. Um, because some games do it really well and other games do it really poorly. And in your game, I, what shocked me was how much gold you just give away to the players, like constantly, (laughs) like, I mean, yeah, as a, a lot as a back as a Patreon backer, I get a certain amount of gold every month, um, and then also I usually will pick up the um, the monthly box you have available or the right. monthly package thing you can get. It's like a starter pack, mm-hmm. um, and again, I do that because not because I'm trying to get ahead, but because I'm want to support the game. You know, like I understand what it's like to be a person trying to put something like this out there, and um, and so when you like. Like, but most of the stuff that I've gotten, like, has just been because I get free gold from leveling up and doing <laughs> things all the time in the game. Yeah. No, you're right. The, uh, the gold, the in-app purchase stuff is uh, a slippery slope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people will just completely pass the game. They won't even install it because it has in-app purchases at all. Right, right. You know, none. So if you go and you look at the app store listing on iOS or Android, it'll say contains in-app purchases and you'll have a lot of people who will just, nope, nope, yep. you know, just moving on. They're not going to get it um, because of the predatory practices that we get so often in those times. Yes. Yeah. So I consciously made the decision to make the game ad free because I personally, I get a lot of free to play games and the ads drive me up the wall. Oh, right. Where it's just like, you beat a level, watch an ad. You beat yeah. a level, watch an ad. And it's like three levels in, I'm like, no, I'm done. <laughs> like, can, can I just buy this game? Can I just pay for it? Yeah, I know, right? Like, can I just give you five bucks and get rid of the ads? Right. Um, and, you know, that I, I contemplated doing that, um, but I decided on a personal level, I just hate them so much that I just, I didn't want to do it in, in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't done it on my previous games either. So the in-app purchases, yeah, that was tricky. Like I said, so we, you know, the game does give a lot of gold out, and I try to make that clear. Even when you go to the buy gold page, it actually says, hey, you can earn gold just from yeah. playing. You know, go do achievements, yeah. go do help requests, go do masteries. You can get a ton of gold. I haven't I haven't looked recently. Actually, I may have it in front of me. Let's see. Um, you can earn enough gold from playing if you're persistent. Let's see. You could earn 5,000, 12,000. No. You can earn about 10,000 gold. Just from playing. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine how, if, if you were just buying upgrades and stuff to make yourself better in the game, I literally couldn't spend all of that. Right. Which um, is actually kind of a funny problem. I actually have a problem where, especially people who do Patreon, actually have more gold than they know what to do with. Um, which ended up actually being a good thing for the trading community because they are now converting their gold into the gold items and right. then able to trade that yep. to players and vice versa. So, you know, you've got yep. people who go trade a bunch of orange juice for gold and it's a way for the free to play player to get even more gold yep. because the higher level players, they're essentially paying for it and they don't need it. You know, right. so they're, and, yeah. And you do have the system where you can mail things and you can trade things and certain things are locked, which it appears to me most of the things that are locked are locked 
based on because they require certain levels to get. Right. So you can't send them to other people. Um, but like, I, it's funny, you know, the community in the game is so giving, like you have a, you have a thing called giveaways and literally yeah. if you go there and just say, Hey, I'm looking for this, um, yep. people will just send it to you. And like, it's amazing how often, like I actually use some of my gold to expand my mailbox because like when you, you start with a very small mailbox and mm -hmm. like people are willing to like, I, what I've found is most of the time, if you say, Hey, I could use this, you will get at least one person who will just <laughs> fill your mailbox with the thing yep. you asked for. So yep. expanding that mailbox just means that you'll get more free stuff when you need it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Mailboxes for gold is a, a really good Avenue um, that people do spend a lot of gold on. Yeah. Yeah. And I have an immense amount of logging and tracking on all of the, economies in the game including gold silver ancient coins all that i have so many different things in the back end that no one ever sees except for me but it's it's very it's very cool to watch what people do and don't do in the game and i can see where i have work to do to sort of fix the flow of certain currencies and, and mm -hmm. certain things in general yeah yeah let's dive into some other questions here okay um i've got some you know so so you've mentioned um, that you uh, you've mentioned that you got you know you've made other games like this. Something that that's interesting to me is um, you know comparing this to board games is the idea of like when you create a game and put it out there. Like so obviously like when when we create a board game and put it out there, we're only obligated to do one print run, right? You put it out there, you make however many copies. Maybe that's hundreds, maybe that's thousands, maybe it's tens of thousands. Um, depends on the company, depends on their reach. And then you, um, then you, uh, you send it out and you see what happens. Right. right. So like what, um, but like with, with your stuff, right. You obviously, you put it out there, you support it. You have to keep supporting it. You have to keep, um, it's a lot more like, it's a lot more equivalent to doing a podcast than it is producing a game. I feel like in the yeah. fact that, you know, if I stop doing this podcast, like, do I keep paying for hosting so that people can still listen to it? Mm -hmm. You know, at what point do you say with a game that you're working on, no, this isn't worth keeping out there, keeping the servers lit, you know? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. So I, I've had, I think, seven or eight games uh, previous to Farm RPG. And a few of them were from you know, 10 years ago. I started somewhere around the 2010 mark uh, making these these style games. Um you pretty much have to let them go when your active players just drops to a, you know, a, a terrible level. I, I had a game right. with my active players. It was like 20, 20 people jumping on and playing every day. Oh, and at yeah. that point it made no sense to pay for a server to, to host this thing. Even though a, most of the games can be, I can actually leave it sitting there. So an example is way back in the day, I, I built a game. It was called Halo sphere and it was a, text-based, menu-based, kind of like Farm RPG, but it was built around the the Halo franchise. If you've ever played those first-person Yeah, shooters. I'm aware, yep. Okay. And uh, it kind of emulated playing Halo through text, and it was pretty niche, but, you know, it got, I don't know, 10,000 or something people, maybe, maybe even 20,000 people tried it and probably mm -hmm. had a solid group of 2,000 that played it every day. Um, and then over a couple of years, you know, that number dwindled down to, hundreds and then it got into single 
single tens at a time. Uh, and part of the problem was that, you know, unless there's new content added continually, a player will only go so long. And the right. only reason that those last hundred or so people that even played kept going was because of the competitive nature of that game. They wanted to stay at the top of the leaderboards. Um, you know. Right, right, right. But the problem with this then, it's actually kind of a, a, a two-edged sword. Um, because of the competitive side of that game, you had 100 people who were hardcore playing every day to stay on the top of those leaderboards. Mm-hmm. Any single player that joined would be immediately just kind of discouraged because, you know, these right. guys have been playing four years. How am I supposed to catch up to them? Or, right. Yeah, you're not. You're never going to, right? You're never <laughs> that's going the to. point. And then at the same time, you know, a game like that especially was hard to make any money on because uh, it kind of it kind of rode on existing franchises that I don't own, you know. Uh, so when it can't pay for the bills, it can't pay for servers and stuff, you kind of have to just make a decision at some point and pull the plug. And so right. I've had to do that on some of my previous games. I only have two games at the moment running. And one of them is Farm RPG. And the other one is a, a is called Titan Conquest. And it's still going. And it's um it's a few years old. And it's actually pushing five years old because of the the history of it, which I don't you probably don't want to hear all the history of that game because it's it's a whole different you know story. But it's it's down to a pretty low number of players, four hundred or five hundred or so that are playing daily, mm-hmm. and it's got the same problem because it's competitive. And so anyone new who's joining uh, has an immense climb to get anywhere in that game. Uh, and I and that's I think where Farm RPG separates itself because I can. I can invite a friend, they can come on and they can play, and it doesn't really matter for them if I'm already at the end and they're at the beginning. Like No, in fact, it that like having a friend like that when you start the game would be great because they would like, you know, yeah. help you. They can kind of boost you, yeah. They can send yeah. you nets and lemonades and stuff right away. Yeah, I mean they can send you so many things that are gonna make your life easier. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah. So I think Farm RPG, as long as I stick to my roadmap, uh, which is in the the update section of the game, um, you know, I've easily got a couple years of content to add uh, or more. Mm-hmm. And I think even after that, as long as there's content, even if it's just through the form of items and quests, um, you know, there's a lot of life in a game like this. And that's something interesting to me that, you know, when you talk about, like, for competitive games, new players are less likely to happen, right? Because you said they log in, they look at the thing and they're like, heck no, I'm not going to try and catch up with all this. Yeah. Um, but in a game where it's, I mean, essentially this is a cooperative game right? Um, where you're not required to help people, but it also doesn't hurt to help people. Um, so by doing that, like, um, you know, if I were to log into this game two years from now as a new player, Mm-hmm. Even if your kind of old guard of players have gotten less excited about it, a new player now has three years of of content you've put out there yeah. to try and get through, you know, yeah. um, and barring any huge bugs or problems, right? <laughs> they're going to be able to do that um, and have fun with it, yep. um, you know, so so I think that's that's really cool. Um, that's my hope. I mean, I, I certainly hope that a year from now. Like you said, if someone joins, they won't feel 
you know, like, oh, I'm just, I'm just too far down. I'm too far behind to, to be able to ever play this and enjoy it. That, that, I'm certainly hoping that is the case. And it seems to be the case so far because I have players who are still playing after, you know, we're at year one who've been playing since last May and they're mm-hmm. still here and they probably have done most of the content that I have. But right, right. Like, I do see when you have a quest and it's designed by, it's rarely your name. <laughs> I see a lot of new quests having yeah. quest line designed by this person. That's been a really good thing. So I've, you know, we've got a, I've got a staff. Um, there's, I don't know, like twenty or twenty five people volunteering to sort of help moderate the game. Right. Uh, two or three of those um, help with building these help requests, and they have helped sort of flesh out the characters and the story in the world. Uh, and I'm really grateful for that assistance because I, I was doing some of that in the beginning and then it was sort of clear, like, man, I, how do I build all that as well as try to code the game as well as try to market right. the game as well as try to support the game right? and, you know, and grow revenue so that I can, you know, do this all the time. Um, then, <laughs> and, and it's, it's come down to, um, one of the persons who's doing it is a, is a good friend of mine and he, he plays a lot. And so we, we had a history, I've known him for a long time. And so he's been able to run the ball with that too. Uh, and, and that's been helpful with the, the quests in the world. And, but then, you know, him along with the rest of the staff, I, I couldn't do it without them. So that's, right, right. that's why this all works. And they help make the community uh, really shine. I mean, I think we have a unique community. I think we have a very positive group and not a lot of toxic people. And we of course have had our share of people who are toxic, but they don't last very long. Um, and so the community as a whole, I think is, is phenomenal, right? I mean, they're, they're off world building now all the time and um, going on and right. on Reddit and coming up with things and ideas. And it's, it's amazing to watch. Uh, and I think we're just at the beginning of all that too, as more and more people, come on board and, and play and keep playing. Um, and so speaking of that, the community being, you know, mostly positive. Um, one thing uh, about this that people probably realize right away is that we did not use your real name. Uh, we used the name you used for programming, uh, Firestream. Um, and that's something you and I chatted about ahead of time because I had said, like, you you know, my, my only contact with you was I've been playing the game. I reached out to the mods on the Discord, um, which if you do play the game, the Discord is invaluable. Go to the Discord. Um, I uh, and just said, hey, can I talk to a mod? And a mod popped in and I said, hey, I do this podcast. I'd love to talk to the game creator. Uh, could you hook me up to chat with him? And so they set us up to chat. And then, you know, we went back and forth a few times and I had said, hey, um, can we use your name or do you prefer not to do that? Um, and uh, and you said, well, you know, I mean, I'm trying to avoid that just because of, you know, toxic people and stuff. And certainly toxic people are something we we put up with in the board game industry. Um, mm-hmm. Like we have we actually have a really like core group of some really bad toxic people in the mm-hmm. industry that just won't go away. Um, and they're just kind of banded together and they they harass people online and stuff. Yeah. Um, but. Um, that said, we, we really can't avoid that, right? Because, I mean, not that I've never had issues with it, but I'm also, you know, a, 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 just a white dude. So, like, I get a lot less hate than some people do um, from some of these really, really toxic people. Um, but, you know, for those that, that do get it, they, they can't avoid it because their names are on boxes. They're, you know, they have public yeah. profiles or they're out there. 
but that's tough. Um, but now that said, I feel like you have a larger opportunity in community for it to become problematic for you. And there's just something about the video game world where I feel like it's yeah. like you've got some awesome people, but some of the like most hidden toxic people like really like to be toxic to video game creators. Um, yeah, I don't know why that is, but yeah, I, I think unfortunately it is the case. Now it doesn't happen often, which is good. You know, mm-hmm. I would say 99.999% of people are not that way. Uh, right, right. Especially out of a group as large as we have playing farm RPG, but it only takes one right. or two to really get to you, you know? Um, so really it's a, it's a historical thing. I haven't had as much trouble um, with farm RPG, uh, but I used to run some websites that were in the competitive Halo world and ah. people would really lose their minds uh, if they were. So an example would be they're on the leaderboards for Halo 3. And that was the one I, I did the largest site for. Um, mm-hmm. It's a big Halo site. Uh, and we're talking back in like 2007. And so it's a long time ago. But I would I built the site. The site got... I don't know, millions of people using it because it was for competitive Halo players. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we had leaderboards. They're kind of unofficial, you know, because the there wasn't really a, an official source for them back then. So, but my site ended up being sort of a pseudo official source. People would be on leaderboards, and then I had a team of people that would review and then ban players off the leaderboards if they were found to be cheating in the, right. in the yeah. actual game. And I didn't even do the bans myself, but people would lose their minds if they got banned. Uh, and right. a lot of times I would have people attacking me, um, finding, you know, my name, address, phone number, all that stuff. You know, I guess they call that doxing now. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. And, I was just going to say that. Yeah. And yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons I just try to stay just through my screen name because there's just people out there who are kind of crazy. And, yeah. uh, and, it's, it's not a personal thing, you know, especially back then. Um, when it comes to the current game, um, it's something I've had to get better at myself, but there's a lot of feedback, a lot of ideas, and a lot of things that people are very opinionated on. Mm-hmm. So everyone wants to feel like they're heard. And yeah. I, I've had some people who don't feel that way, and those people get really mad. And so that's something that I have to improve at. And I, and I think I've gotten better at over the last year also. Right. And I think having things like the discord and stuff to create that, you know, foster that community discussion yeah, is, is helpful. Have you, if I can ask, have you had to ban people from, from farm RPG? Um, like, have you had toxic people in there? Oh um, yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. had some, we've had some people really cause problems for sure. Uh, and, and, Again, it's actually not something that I do uh, on a personal basis. The staff, right? The mods a, do it, right? Yeah, they have a set of rules, the code of mm-hmm. conduct, and we we try to adhere to those rules and enforce them fairly. And you know, it, it's right. not an easy job. They they have a very difficult job on some days, uh, and other days, you know, it's no big deal. But so, yeah. And, and without getting into too much negativity, there we've had a few bad eggs for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, players who who get kind of a kick out of causing problems. You know, there's, there was a person, I don't know even who they were not long ago, who figured out that they could automate creating accounts. So they created, I don't know, a thousand racist account names. And so it was kind of like, uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that yeah. I have to, you know, take my time away from building something fun to making something that will protect against that kind of thing. 
Uh, and that's right. just kind of the nature of the beast. And it's, it's something that I account for. Um, but it certainly can be aggravating on, on some days. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think, you know, having, I've, I've read the rules of conduct, obviously I, I, you have to accept them when you are joining the chat and stuff, but I'm just always really interested in those because, you know, that's something with running an online community with the podcast That's something I think about it. We've been very fortunate with our podcast that, um, that our discord has not had any really bad apples at all. Yeah. Um, and we don't even have mods, um, because our community on the podcast, like in the discord isn't big enough. But I'm 100% confident that if somebody, a bad actor, came in, um, the community would not put up with it. Right. Um, you know, our show is about being positive and helping each other and helping the community. Um, and if somebody wanted to come in and, and try and damage that, everyone would push back on that. Um, because, yeah, because it's just not something that we are, um, we are, you know, want to want to put up with. Cause it's just, it's just not worth it. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's not. And I think our, um, our low to no tolerance on it too has helped keep the community in, mm -hmm. in the game, um, uh, really good too. And, you know, cause I actually, I've had to put in a lot of, you want to call them features, but you know, you can, you can flag a message in chat so that, you know, yep. Someone says someone really stupid or really inappropriate. At least the staff can know about it. And then you can block people, Right. You can go into safe mode so that no one can message you or anything like that. Right. And so, yeah, and that's a nice feature that I, I saw you had added. Like, obviously, I would never use that um, yeah. as an adult. But, like, if one of my children wanted to play the game, love right. that I can just block them from having, you know, access to anything um, that I don't want them. It stops in-app purchases and things like that, Right. Um, which is great. Uh, I was excited to see that just because... I'm sure there are a lot of people who that makes them feel more comfortable. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that's, let's see, I've got, uh, I don't have that many. I've only got about 60 people using safe mode. That's, but it's only like a week old too. So that's right. But for those people, it probably makes their experience a lot better, you know? Yeah. Um, so in that, you know, so that obviously is something that you have to balance with, with, with a project this huge, right. Is, what are you adding and how many people is it going to be useful for compared yeah. to not? Yeah. So are you familiar with the roadmap? Have you seen it um, in the yes, game? Yes. Yeah. You, so that is one thing for the listeners um, that Firestream publishes a, a roadmap that explains what he's going to work on with the game, where the game is going, um, which is really cool to be able to see that. I'm sure that curbs a lot of questions for you that you would get otherwise. It, um, I think it's been helpful. And and you're right. There's a there's always something you have to weigh with something you're adding a feature, a quest, whatever. Is it going to be useful to one person or a thousand people or, or more? Mm -hmm. um, and that's why there's been certain suggestions. You know, so I, like an example, I don't know what it was. Um, uh, here it was the other day. I added some icons to the daily chores, mastery progress, and the the skill perks. I don't know if you noticed them. Um, but someone actually suggested a setting to turn those off, which like, I guess it was just jarring to them because they were used to not seeing them. And then, uh, you know, they just preferred without. And Thanks so for this improvement, could I just, could I just shut that right off? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of feature, like, I, I mean, I couldn't do that because if I went to the trouble to add a setting for every little thing like that, there'd be 9 million right. settings. Well, uh, and obviously when you're chasing down bugs and stuff, 
the more random configurations yeah. and things people can put something in, right? Yeah, um, that's right. And that happens too. Uh, you're exactly right. I actually had a bug the other day due to safe mode uh, where ah, someone, right. someone was getting a message. They had a banner saying they had a message, but they couldn't get to the message because of safe mode. And so I fixed that. But yeah, complexity, uh, you know, as it grows, everything gets harder to build and harder to add. Uh, and, and that kind of goes for all the features now. Um, I've had some people, you know, I guess you want to call it complaining, but they've they've said, well, your updates are taking longer than they used to. Well, yeah, they are because the game is so right. much bigger than it was nine months ago. And so every little thing I add, I have to think about, well, right, right. if I add this here, what does that do to everything that came before it? And so I actually do spend a lot of time planning and thinking about all the ins and outs of a feature. Right, um, right. The Exchange Center is something I'm writing right now, and it's a fairly simple concept where this center in town will say, hey, if you if you bring me a hundred of this, then I'll give you a hundred of this. And right. it's, it's, you could almost think of it as a, as a help request, but it's going to be more, um, it's going to change. They're going to yeah. kind of flip yeah. out depending yeah. on, yeah. anyway. Uh, so that that's the kind of feature that will then be valuable to, you know, most of the player base. And so that will get a lot more attention from me than adding a setting to turn off an icon somewhere else. Uh, right. So, and that's how I have to weigh it. And then the, the roadmap has been really good because um, I'm able to color code it and people can get, get an idea of where mm -hmm. things are at. At the same time, the roadmap has been difficult um, because last year I was actually putting things on the roadmap in a, like a monthly. I saw that and I was like, Oh, that's a dangerous little game there. Yeah. And it, and it was, even though at the top, even in big letters, it always says, well, it's not, it's not big letters, but it always I know what you mean. Yeah. subject to change. Right. Yeah, so you know, people um, take that and they run with it as well. Something's coming out this month guaranteed. And that, that doesn't always happen. I've had a lot of growing pains. I had uh, um, around Easter. Yeah, it was Easter and, and Halloween too last year the game got so big and so many people playing at once that, you know, I had server problems and I had, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely was playing when that happened. And I remember like just feeling like bad for you. Cause I thought, gosh, yeah. that's gotta be it was overwhelming. fun. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I added a second server and then the two, the two servers got mad at each other and it was a whole, a whole mess for about three days. And then we leveled out and I think it's been better. I mean, mostly better ever since then. I, I certainly, it's like, I started the game, you know, as you were increasing, um, and, uh, I started a game as you were increasing. And like, so I definitely saw, um, I definitely saw, um, like, you know, the lag starting out and like it, it's been so much better. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, again, another difference from a board game, this constant improvement <laughs> you have to make. Um, yeah, every, every single day I like, I, I work some amount of time, seven days a week, just about. And right, even right. on a day that I take off, I, I have to do some support tickets or, you know, manage a message on Patreon or whatever. And I do have um, some of my family helping, which is huge uh, and which is really nice. So it's, it's turning into a family deal and um, you know, I, I couldn't do it without them. So that's really nice. And then having the staff, on there to handle name change requests and trade disputes and all this stuff too. Right. Uh, right. But what happens, you know, 
I'd like to see it keep growing. And I think we've got um, somewhere around 30,000 active players. So even though we hit, hit 150,000, there's about 30,000 people who are still playing. Um, what happens when I get to 50,000 active or 100,000 active? So, you know, there's there's right. going to be more to do and figure out and potentially mm-hmm. get more help on and, and stuff as we go. Um, but we're managing right now, so. Yeah. And I know, I mean, you know, the, I think that one of the easier comparisons for us is giving Kickstarter updates after you funded a project um, and saying like, this is when we'll have, um, you know, this is when we'll have this ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't because of things that are 100% out of your control. Right. Um, and so, you know, it, um, it's a thing. <laughs> it happens. Um, so. Um, and most people understand it. You know, there's a few who get. Yeah. You get upset. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and then but people get upset when plans change too. And sometimes yes. I just can't help it. Like I spent a lot of time on a, on a thing. Um, it was called the bookshelf and uh, I, I don't like it. I didn't like what I made. And so I just decided to scrap it and I'm going to redo the concept of books uh, to be different. And I already have a better plan for it now, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the bookshelf was teased and mentioned in, I don't know, last August or September, and then it was December and it still hadn't happened. And then it was January and it still hadn't happened. And people were kind of like, that's not cool. Why did you do that? When really and truly, I mean, if I had put out what I had made, you would have been been mad. So, you know, is it, is it better to never release something or release something that's going to disappoint you? And that's kind of where that, that is a great analog right to board games right with yeah. the idea of like do you develop a project as long as it needs to be do you release it early and obviously the answer is always you should develop it as long as it needs to be developed to do the right thing yeah um but i think some companies uh you know run into the same issue that you run into where like part of this becomes becomes the idea of feed the machine right um mm-hmm. so like you've got a lot of stuff out there um, you've got a lot of people counting on you getting more stuff. You've got bills counting on you getting more stuff, right? I mean, obviously mm-hmm. servers aren't free. Um, I don't know if this, if this probably is, is this your main gig that you do? It is now. Yes. Oh, it is now. Great. Well, congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, but also, you know, if you are somebody with a family that, uh, just ups that stress quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, for sure. That- you know, I mean, um, yeah, because you never know what's going to happen with it. Um, so, so yeah, obviously there's there's a lot of things that go um, into all of that to make sure that it's you know doing what you need it to do, and um, you know in in more ways than one. Um, and obviously, you got to keep players happy. You have to keep players interested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you're you're so one of the things that I wanted to chat about here towards the end here. We're we're, we're close on time, but I wanted to. I did want a quick chat about you have successfully created an amazing Patreon here. And so one of the topics we're going to talk about in an upcoming episode um, that's related to this is we're going to talk about the kind of the value of work and, you know, um, and what the, what the cost is, you know, for, um, for the work you're doing, right. And, and what you're getting back for that. And, and I know part of that is based around things like, how do you get paid? Right. And mm-hmm. with something like this, you've got ads, which you chose not to do, which thank you. Um, I super respect that. Okay. Um, but then you've also got, um, 
Then you've also got in-app purchases and you've got this Patreon system. Now, in-app purchases are nothing new, right? I mean, right. every free-to-play game, pretty much, um, that especially ones that don't have ads and some that do, many that do, have in-app purchases, right? To where you right. can get better stuff or or they have the they have the ads I don't mind, which is, hey, if you want to go to this section and watch five ads a day, you can get free stuff. I'm perfectly comfortable with those ads. Right. Um, it's the ones that stop you from playing the game. That's not fun, right? Yeah, um, terrible. But um, but so for these in-app purchases, you've got that. But I'm really interested in the in in how you built the Patreon system because there are clearly a lot of people backing that Patreon, um, which is very telling for what you're doing here. Um, so talk to me a little bit about how, how that came to be and what you've done with that. Okay, sure. Um, so I have used Patreon in the past, uh, and didn't have as much success with it. So I, I went into this one, uh, kind of with a low expectation of just sort of a, I don't know, a, a casual side thing to help, mm-hmm. uh, fund the game. But what it really turned into was a nice platform to, talk about kind of building the game right and uh Mm -hmm. to talk about where the game's going uh so i I do a lot of posts about you know here's what i was able to get done here's what i'm working on uh i do a lot of posts on hey i've made this thing and it's on this server the alpha server come check it out um but then that alone wasn't going to do it so tying in a few perks to the game uh, I think really right. made the difference. And so, uh, okay. So really it, it kind of boils down to the, the fear of missing out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. There's something on alpha and it's cool. You know, it's a new fishing zone or it's the exchange center. Uh, once I push that up there and right. you're, you're playing farm RPG every day and you say, man, I really don't want to wait two more weeks to, to see this thing. And so, you know, that fear of missing out actually helps kind of encourage people to come on to Patreon and subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, suddenly you, you have a, you have your say now you can go on the alpha server, you can see it as it's being built. And, and thank you because uh, I just put out the new fishing zone on alpha um, the other day and nice. immediately nice. there was some um, concern about the values of fish on there. And, and I saw that and I saw the chats and the messages and I, I, buffed up all the values actually buffed the wrong value to start with, which was funny because they were, they were fishing and they were like, I'm still getting low numbers compared to large Island. And I figured out what I had done wrong. So, uh, so, so thank another you. good reason that was an alpha. Yeah. Not anywhere exactly, else. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so, you know, you know, you're paying for that privilege to be on there, but you're, you're helping me immensely. Right. So that that's found a lot of success. And then right. the, uh, the built-in beta has been, um, pretty successful too, I think, because and it has, it has real purpose, right? It's not just um, time gating for the sake of, of making, you know, money at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I put something in beta, I, I forgot what it was. I think the tower was the last big thing in beta. Uh, I had some serious bugs in that thing that, right. that never came out during alpha. They, they were never really hit. So I, put I it mean, in that's, that's one of the things we always talk about. Like when I used to work with programming and stuff and, and like was, there is, and in board games too, it's completely true. There is no testing like load testing, right? Like when you, mm-hmm. you can test all you want, but when you send it out to the masses, 
Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, a video game or a board game or, or a project or whatever, that's where you find your bugs, right? Yes. The weird configurations, the yeah. situation in a board game that you said only would happen one in a million times. It's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Like, no, you're right. Because you're enough right. people are going right. to play it that it's going to happen. And that's what I find through all the beta features, you know, when mm-hmm. I, um, the art gallery in beta has probably been the least problematic one so far, but most of the things that I've put out in beta, uh, people have found loads of issues during the beta window. And right. And, and I've mostly like the art gallery is one of the big ones for me. So like, I've just been like, well, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad it just no issues here. As much as I test and, and try to, you know, mitigate things before they go out, mm-hmm. you know, I cannot predict player behavior. Um, not right. fully, you know, I can predict it right. to a small majority of people, but then you always have someone, like you said, they'll, they'll do some configuration or they'll do some set of things you never expected. And, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you reach, you know, you hit a, a bug or an issue. So uh, I think those two things have, have driven it. Um, I also think having the lowest tier makes a big difference too. So there's a lot of people who don't want to subscribe to something and I totally get it. You know, we're kind of all being, nickel and dimed with subscriptions left and right now mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah i mean small. yeah um right. but there's the lowest tier at, at five dollars for most people if they're playing regularly you know that's that's something that they probably felt like they could afford or justify and so a lot of people subscribe to that that tier and you at least get a couple nice little perks for it you know like if you're playing a lot and you want to reset your your skill perks you can do that as as a supporter uh, and mm-hmm. it doesn't cost you any gold. And so that gold savings is is huge. It's worth well more than $5 a month. I mean, especially right. if you're changing perks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a lot of, it has been some trial and error. It's been some trial and error to figure out what, what a beta tester uh, needs to be able to test the feature I put out more easily uh, without making it you know too much of a powerful thing for them. Um, and the same for alpha. And and then you've got that that top level, the likes status. Uh, right. which that's really just someone and thank you, but you know, that's just someone who's just saying, I love this game. I'm going to help fund it. And, right. and you really right. are. I mean, cause my, my server costs are um, pushing into the thousand a month. Oh gosh. Yeah. I can range. only imagine that's actually less than I would have expected just because, you know, I mean, yeah. you get enough people and. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to go up. I'm sure it's yeah. just going to keep going up. Um, right. I was trying to, you know, keep my expenses down and, and I've done pretty good at that. But then when the server starts dying, cause there's too many people playing it, you know, something had to be done. Yep, um, yep. What else on Patreon? Um, I think a lot of uh, just being, being there to make sure you respond to people uh, goes along mm-hmm. with too. We, we get a lot of messages um, weekly just on Patreon. Ah, okay. Uh, and I, People will send in an idea or they'll send in essentially like a support ticket through Patreon versus using the support page. And that's oh. just fine because right, you know, right. I'll receive the message. Uh, we'll respond to it. We'll take care of it. No big deal. So as long as people feel like their their voice is heard, you know, you are kind of building a sub circle. You know, you've got the main community of players, 30,000 right. of them and beyond. And then you've got a couple thousand people that have now gone on to the Patreon level. Right, right. And so that's kind of an inner circle. And then when you get even smaller, the circle gets, you know, like alpha is an even smaller circle of people now. Of course, yeah, yeah. But it helps me a lot, and I think it lets them see stuff early on enough to influence it or 
or help with balance or, or whatever. And, and yeah, it just, everything snowballs. And so the more features I add, the more things there are to do, mm-hmm. more balance matters, you know, because yep. I, um, I, I want to say like something that I thought was really telling about you as a person, not wanting to just like take money from people, um, which I loved this was um, when you were, I don't remember where I saw you say it. Maybe it was just an update. It may have been a beta update or something, but you basically said, Hey, I want to roll this new thing out, but I'm going to wait until tomorrow because if I do it today, people are going to sign up for the Patreon and they're going to pay today. And then they're going to dinged again tomorrow because it's mm-hmm. going to be a new month. So I'm going to hold it for a day so that that doesn't happen. And I was like, wow. Like, first of all, of course, that's what you should do. Right. Yeah. But the fact that you thought of that and then did that. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. I, like, I hate, I actually, I don't love the Patreon system. Yeah, no, I, I know. Cause I actually, I actually purposely signed up at the end of a month because I was like, oh, I could use 400 gold. So I'm going to sign up today so that I get dinged again in a couple days. Um, right. And, but, but I can see a lot of people who are like, especially if they're chipping in five bucks a month, like not wanting to double dip on that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and I don't love that either. I mean, you are, you're right. You are paying immediately and getting something. And then yeah. when the first of the month comes around, you're paying again and you're getting something again. But I mean, that's if people don't know Patreon or realize that's going to happen. I did because I know Patreon well. Right. Um, that can be a huge turnoff. Like you may get a bunch of people upset about that who then don't back Patreon. And sure, you got two months out of them. But like you want those long term people who are invested in the game. Yeah. Not a quick 20 bucks. And then they don't ever play again, you know. Right. And and that's another reason for Patreon's existence. Uh, it's essentially a nice cross-platform um, tool to let me, you know, communicate with players, but also let me kind of forecast what revenue will be like in a more steady fashion. Yep. Yeah. Which I'm sure helps for knowing who you can employ, who can help you, what you can spend money on. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Right. Also because, for your own financial status, which is kind of nice. So yeah, it's, it's very important, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. gold sales through in-app purchases fluctuate. Um, yep. They're yeah. very up and down. Yeah, There's, I'm sure they go up whenever you put up a monthly thing, a starter yep. pack, and then... And then they, they trickle after a few days. So yeah. the, the starter packs are big. They're very helpful. And I don't think people care about doing a $5 purchase a month. You know, like nope. getting a really... No, nice I mean, I back the Patreon, out. but I still do the starter pack because right. there's always something good enough in it to where I'm like, you know what? It's five bucks. And again, I'm... I have friends that would never spend money on a game. They, they like you spend money on on app games, like yeah. app purchases. And I'm like, yeah, because if I believe in the game, and I know that it's like, if it's yes, if it's like a huge company doing it, I don't care as much. But like when I know it's just this dude who's made this thing and like cares about it, and I care about it too, yeah, like I'll give you 15 bucks a month towards that. Sure, like that's I am paying you for the ability to play and the ability to you to keep creating content for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Also for others who can't afford to pay, which I'm totally comfortable with. Yep. But I mean, essentially it's a, you have a freemium service, right? Right. People can come in, spend no money at all, enjoy what other people are doing. And I love freemium services where the people who can afford to, to help fund it, fund it. And the people who can't can still enjoy it. I had a, a nice message. Um, a month or two ago uh, from a player and they said that they were a free to play player and they had gotten all the way to the top. They had gotten all 
all 99s and all the skills and wow. had completed, I think, everything at that moment in the game. And they said, just wanted you to know it because I did everything for free and it was great, no problems at all. And now I'm going to actually subscribe to your Patreon because you made the game free to play. And, that's and cool. I thought that was a really cool thing to That to is hear. a very cool message. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's it means my you're goal, definitely right? doing something right. And the fact too that you know there are people who I'm sure enjoy this game who don't have money to like to buy the extra in-app purchases or to subscribe to the Patreon and mm-hmm. you know I mean I I mean I'm not the guy who made the game but to me who who cares right I mean other people will carry the weight of that yeah um and that's the risk you do when you put a game out there for free right yeah sometimes that's gonna happen so um you know no you're you're exactly right uh. There's enough um, people who enjoy it and, you know, are happy to subscribe or happy to buy some gold to -hmm. give to other players or trade or whatever. I mean, you know, financially it's, it's done well enough that I, like I said, I can now do it full time. And that's right. That was kind of always a dream for me anyway. And I, and I can do a better job now, you know, with having a hundred percent focus on, on everything. The last, you know, all my games prior to this have been, sort of a a hobby level and at this point now i'm at a you know this is this is my gig and i'm gonna make sure i do the best i can do right so that's awesome so that's how yeah and and i'm and i'm learning i'm i'm learning every week it's not a right uh, it's not i'm sure you will continue to no matter how long you do it (laughs) yes yeah because everything is unpredictable um right as much as i think i might know what happens tomorrow you know i i couldn't tell you and if i could i should be investing in the stock market or right or, yeah, don't make video games. Or yeah, or <laughs> they'll do much better in the stock market. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and it's actually a really fun um, place for me to try ideas and stuff too. Like the uh, the event that's happening right now is the the hot potato thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you yep. looked at it, but it's oh yeah, yeah. I actually I had the game up for reference while we were talking, and I popped up. Somebody sent me a potato, so I forwarded it off to someone else. That's that's funny. So it's actually um, surprising to me at this point how slow. The growth has been um, of the players passing the potatoes around uh, surprisingly slow. I mean, overnight was like like a thousand people got it or something. And go on and look, and like today, nine thousand people have actually logged in, and there's twenty four hundred people playing right now, and we're only at twenty two hundred and eighty total uh, on this event. Right. So it was, it was kind of good and bad. Like I, I didn't want it to be so outrageous overnight that I woke up today and we were done. Um, but right, I also didn't right. want it to be this slow to where people are going to be discouraged and say, well, this is, right. this is too right. slow. This is no fun. So, yeah. well, I've had global chat up and running. Cause you know, I'm just, like I said, I have the game up for reference. Yeah. Um, and constantly people are like, I need a potato. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, potato. Thanks. So, I mean, it is, people are, 100 percent uh seeing it so yes yeah yeah we used to talk about corn every day and now we're talking about potatoes so that's that's good (laughs) yeah yeah because people are now growing potatoes trying to get the hot potato um because you can do that as of this morning oh i see that's cool i missed that part because i hadn't we were doing this i hadn't really read so now i'm gonna go grow some potatoes yeah no no problem um I had to, I got up first thing and it was about seven this morning and I checked the number and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's just too low. That's not what I um, wanted it to be. I wanted us to be about, about halfway through our, uh, ah. our bonus by the end of today. 
Right, uh, right. I'm hoping we can hit 40%. I really am. Um, so if we get to 20% today, then then we'll be doing good. But right now we're only at 9%. So right. Yeah. And that's, he, uh, he's talking about bonuses when you sell items. So 40% would be insane. Yeah. Um, absolutely insane. Yeah. Especially so. with, um, the items of the day that that's, those are scheduled. Uh, let's see. Right. Today's right. Today's item of the day is the blue purse, which is a pretty big money. Maker oh, already. You are too nice, sir. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but you're only yeah. getting 9% on it right now. So, you know. Right, right. More. Um, right. So Anyway, I don't want to keep rambling on about that. But uh, we, no, we but, can keep going uh, if you have more questions. Um, whatever, whatever. Yeah, no, no. Um, I think I think we've covered a lot of it here. I, I'm really thankful to have had you on. This was a fun discussion. And, you know, I, I think it was a little different than we normally talk about. But I, I love exploring the different sides of games and, and seeing how everything is just so interrelated between what we're all doing, even though it's different formats. Right. There are just so many similarities. Um, and uh, and I find this really enlightening. And, and I, I love this conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm appreciative that you were available to, to have it with me and willing to chat. Well, thanks for inviting me to it. Uh, I had not heard of your podcast before, but I think it's really awesome what you are doing in it. Uh, so thanks. I'll be sure to uh, to have a listen to them, you know, going forward. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have things um, playing and stuff while I'm working. So that'll, that'll be a good, uh, a good thing to dive into. Yeah. It is very good for that. I'll, I, I've heard that many times. So over the years. Awesome. So. Okay. Awesome. And I, and I hope well, you continue um, to have success with your podcast too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, listeners, Hey, hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we enjoyed chatting about it. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can of course go to building the game You can email us at building the game at gmail.com. You can find the podcast and myself on Twitter at podcast PTG. I am at, um, J a Slingerland, um, Firestream, Do you have a Firestream Twitter or a farm RPG Twitter? Yeah. The Twitter is, is actually just farm RPG one word. All right. Well, that's easy. And then also I know farmrpg.com. Plus, you could check out Android Store or the App Store. Both have it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, feel free to check those out. And thanks again for joining us today, listeners. We hope to see you again next week. But until then, good night. Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game.